This week on Unsportsmanlike Conduct, it's rivalry week. It's the week of the game. Michigan and Ohio State, we'll talk about what's going to happen there in Columbus. Will Jim Harbaugh finally get that first win against the Buckeyes? And then we'll talk about the Lions and Panthers. Why can the Lions beat the good teams but not the bad teams in the league? And then we'll talk about the Red Wings and Pistons who are both kind of surging right now. What team's likely to burn out first and what one might actually keep it going? All that and more on Unsportsmanlike Conduct next. And welcome into Unsportsmanlike Conduct, the pro sports show where we talk and you listen. My name is Andrew McDonald, and to my right now, because we're, we're switching the mics around here, making sure they work right, is Evan Petzold. Evan, how we doing? You know, you know, I'm, I'm doing well. Just excited to get home and be with family for Thanksgiving, you know, get a couple days off. That's what I'm looking forward to. But some good football on TV, some good eats. I, I, I'm excited. Yeah, for sure. You know, they... They say that Americans like you know tend on Thanksgiving to gain at least two to four pounds on Thanksgiving. I would have to agree with that statement because usually I eat my guts out. So. I could use it. Yeah, for sure. It's definitely something to go with. But talking about sports, because honestly, usually around Thanksgiving, this is when I really start to like games and they start to get bigger. And it doesn't get any bigger than this this weekend. Um, I mean, there was obviously the one versus two game a few years ago in this rivalry. Not a few, it was a while ago. No, I mean, I, I was little. That was when I was like, kind of starting to first get into football and everything. I remember watching that, and, uh, you know, obviously Michigan loses that one. They haven't beat Michigan or Ohio State in Columbus since the year 2000. But this is supposed to be the year. Kron Higdon essentially said this week that he's guaranteeing a win for Michigan. I don't think I've heard anybody say that since Mike Hart did about Notre Dame back in the year when they started out 0-2 against Appalachian State and Oregon. Like It's been a while since I've seen a Michigan team that plays with this much confidence, and it's going to be put to the real test because, you know, at Ohio State, they've had all these problems, right? Since Penn State, they play that sense of urgency. They come back, they get the big win and everything. But since then, all these games are close. A lot of these games are close, at least, against teams that probably shouldn't be. You know, against Maryland last week, they go to an overtime. The only reason Maryland actually does lose the game is because they go for two. Who knows what could happen if they would have kicked the extra point and kept going. You got the, you know, the week before that, you know, they struggled in Nebraska. They've had their, pre- or not, a couple weeks before that, Michigan State wasn't even a big game, and they lost to Nebraska, who's not a good team. So, I mean, really, they just struggled. I mean, playing out. and they've been, But they've still escaped with wins, which is the most... The important thing at the end of the day, they're getting the wins, but Michigan clearly in this game looks like the better team coming in. But for me, my this feeling in my gut is that this game is still going to be a really close game. Ohio State's going to give Michigan everything they have. A lot of people are saying that Michigan's just going to blow them out. I don't really buy that. Evan, what's your take on this game? Yeah, you know, it's going to be interesting. It's a it's a game between two schools that hate each other. You see it all the time. I mean, that that's how it works. It's not like it's going to be a blowout one way or the other. I don't think, you know, one team is going to, is gonna take it like it's theirs and run with it. Yeah, that's not how these kind of games work. I think it'll be a it'll be a tough, hard nosed football game, and that's kind of what you want to see if you're a Michigan fan. I would say because for the longest time, it's kind of just been a heavy Ohio State lean type, you know, outcome. Yeah. So I think this is gonna be the first real. True, and now granted, I know a couple years back the whole JT was short thing, and that was a close game as well. Well, that was a good but, team. That was you know they were there. But still, I mean, the, the point being, it really hasn't been like a true rivalry over, you know, consecutive years, year after year after year. And I think this is kind of the point where everything kind of turns and it it changes. I mean, this this is your, you know, this is your number four against your number ten. This is, I mean, this oh, yeah. is this is your big time of all big time games. And I think it's kind of you know reminds you of the old days, you know, before you know some of the coaches before Jim Harbaugh yeah, yeah, yeah. screwed things up. But nonetheless. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's gonna be a really good game, and I'm excited to see the outcome. Yeah, no, I I mean 
Definitely, I agree with the consistency thing. Like, this has not been a good consistent rivalry. It's been one-sided, lopsided to Ohio State. I mean, 2016, I will say that that game was highly anticipated. A lot of people were ready for that game. Like, that was a big deal. With the way the teams had wins and losses that year, you know, Michigan was still, in a way, playing for the playoff. Like, I literally remember after they lost that game, like, there was still consideration that they might be able to make the playoff. So, Mm -hmm. it was like, it was a big game. Like, it's not like, you know, that it didn't matter, but... I think this year is 10 times bigger just because literally Michigan has everything in front of them. I mean, they they had the slip up last week a little bit in a way against, you know, I mean, the, the one thing, you know, you can probably take away from that game is that Jake Moody, I mean, is he's the kicker. I mean, right. I mean, you can't you can't go back to Quinn Nordine at this point. And that's probably the best thing you could take away from it. But everything else was red zone woes. I haven't talked about that since a year ago. And that's kind of scary going into a game like this. Do you know, Jake Moody almost came to CMU. I did not. Yeah, he had uh, Michigan and CMU. They were in his they were his top two schools at the end of his recruitment, and he was coming down to the wire on who he was going to choose and didn't really have a lot of time to make the decision. He loved he loved CMU. I mean, he loved the campus, loved all that kind of stuff. They were going to give him a scholarship right off the bat. I mean, he was going to be a scholarship kicker as a freshman, which is obviously a big deal. Mm-hmm. And that's how good he was, you know, that, that even a Mac schools, they don't normally give out scholarships like that yeah, not, right yeah, away. You kind of got to prove yourself there. first. But, you know, Michigan, and then they, they kind of said, yeah, we're going to gray shirt you, which essentially means that he wouldn't really be able to do anything yep. for the first half of this year. So if he would have gray shirted, he wouldn't even be here right now for Michigan. He'd kind of just be in a waiting period. Second semester comes, then he's on the roster. He gets to go to school, you know, for, for free, obviously, on scholarships. So it was like a, a one-semester waiting period. But, you know, he's coming down to his recruitment, kind of explained – you know, what way he was leaning, and then Michigan coaches, a scholarship opens up due to a transfer, and they say they slap on the table and say, boom, Jake Moody, here you go, we want you. And yeah. he gets that scholarship, so he doesn't have to take the gray shirt, gets the it's scholarship. It's kind of crazy, too, with goes Nordine to, being there. I mean, yeah, really, yeah. Yeah, so they slap it down, he takes it, goes to Michigan, you know, says no to CMU, obviously, where he was kind of leaning because they were going to put him on scholarship yeah. right away, and he wanted to make sure that he could get that that opportunity. And yeah, I mean, now all of a sudden he's he's a stud. Yeah, I right. Mean, I mean, six field goals, goes six for crazy. six. I mean, doesn't miss one. Granted, they were all like thirty yarders, but nevertheless, I mean, you put I, if Quinn Ordine's in the game, I think he maybe goes three or four for six. To be completely honest, the way he's been kicking all year, and like with no consistency, the guy's a head case. I mean, when he misses kicks, he tends to get that way and I, I know people that have known him since high school I mean it wasn't that far from where I was at um in high school and it's just I guess it was that same way then it's just kind of something he's dealt with his whole life so yeah I got know, but well I got buddies that I mean they don't go to Rockford anymore but they went yeah. to the same high school as him and um I talked to them about about Quinn a little bit and they just basically said dude's a total jerk yeah I mean exactly. he, he was mean and he, and he, 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 he was a jerk to kids. I mean, he, he wasn't is. nice he wasn't a guy that people wanted to be around like he was kind of like the the outcast football player, but it was just weird because he was one of their best football players. And it was one of those situations where you walk into a high school and a guy that's gotten offered to Michigan and, and obviously, you know, other schools as well is supposed to be like the hero, right? He's supposed yeah. to be the guy. And they said that it was like the exact opposite. Like people just didn't want to be around him much just because of the way that he acted and the way they treated people. So. That's crazy. It doesn't really, doesn't really surprise me that much the way that he is. I mean, they... Moody said in the radio show after the game that he only got the chance to play because he was sick. So, I, but now I think he, I think he took the job. We'll find oh, out. Oh yeah, he must have. Nevertheless, you know, just going back to the actual game and you know what it is. Michigan did have a little bit of trouble with Indiana in a lot of different ways, including their defense. I mean, for the first time this year, I think you can really say that they actually struggled in this game. The points might not show that, but again, it's a fast-paced offense and a spread offense. And I can tell you, since watching Michigan football when I was very young. They don't do well against it. They never have, and Ohio State's going to watch that tape. 
And they got a guy like, you know, Haskins who can play in that kind of a system. I think it's going to give Michigan's defense a little bit of trouble. Now, are they going to be more awake for this game? Are they going to be more ready to play? Yeah, I would think so. But you got a lot of guys that Michigan, too, last week, they got beat up. I mean, that was the most they've been in the field since Notre Dame. So how's their conditioning and stuff like that? I mean, there were guys going down left and right, little little tweaks, little cab. I mean, Winovich, we still don't know if he's going to play. So, I mean, nevertheless, it's the defense might not be at its full strength. They're gonna. I think they're gonna have some trouble stopping Ohio State in this game. I think Michigan's offense is really gonna have to step up and actually play big in this game in order for them to win. But Ohio State's defense can't stop anybody. They can't. Their, de- you, their defense is awful. Listen, I me, mean, their defense is Indiana darn awful. Indiana, I don't think is a very good defense either. They, yeah, they, but they never do. Yeah, but Indiana has a good offense though. But they, yeah, they do. I'm not. I'm not denying that. I'm saying Michigan's struggled to score against Indiana on Saturday. They did. In a way, yeah. They got field goals, man. That was six field goals that got them to 31 points. But you also have to remember, I guess you have to look at it this way, though. I mean, you look at what Ohio State just did, and they, they should have lost to Maryland. Yeah, okay? they, they, they should right. have. They should have. I'm not but saying that Ohio State's a great team. the fact that they allowed 51 points to Maryland, I think, is more of a concern than Michigan and, yeah, 20 points, struggling yeah. to score against Indiana and putting up just 31 points they against still got Indiana. The stops. They still got the turnovers they needed to. I'm not saying they did I, I just think I just think the, the bigger concern I, is surrounded by Ohio State. Oh, that, no, that's no. my That's my point. No, I mean, coming into the game, dude, there's no way you can't look at Ohio State and say there's a problem. But, I mean, I don't know, man. It's just like it's just one of those things that can concern you because, like, if Ohio State comes out in this game and playing at home and everything else and they, you know, get ahead of Michigan quickly or something like that, that's where I could see Michigan having a little bit of problem. I know, I know they came back against a team that, you know, is now pretty good, Northwestern, early this year, and they fell on 17-0. to zero. But I think that for me that's the biggest key is that Michigan comes out in this game and on defense, you know, say they win the coin toss, whatever, they play defense first, whatever they get out there, that defense needs to show up and shut down that Ohio State offense right away. Because if they let them get confidence, if if they go up 7-0, 14-0, I promise you it's going to be a good game at the least with Ohio State. If Michigan can get out and get a couple quick stops and maybe get the ball in the end zone a couple times, I'm probably going to start to favor that Michigan might actually finally get the blowout when they can get. I think the key to the game is stopping them right out of the gate. Yeah, and I don't really, I don't know. I, th- I think the one of the things you're going to see early from Michigan's offense, at least, is a couple deep balls. I, I would not be surprised. We we've talked about it, Andy, before, and in Ohio State, they just can't stop the deep ball. They can't. They oh, cannot yeah. stop. Big and Michigan plays. was taking they're, plenty of shots last week. And I think that they're they're going to have to do that early and often. But a stat that really gets me and, and is interesting when you look at it is under Jim Harbaugh, Michigan football is 36 and 0. When they rush for over 125 yards, when they rush for under 125 yards, they're two and twelve. That's interesting. It's crazy stat. So you you get you go for over 125 yards and you're, as of now, guaranteed to win that. I mean Harbaugh has never lost. Yeah. When, the team in general has ran for more than 125 yards, I think that that's kind of the name of the game as well. And they've struggled running the ball against Ohio State in in the past three games under Harbaugh. So I think that's going to be big too. Is is what can Karan Higdon do? He guaranteed a win. Yep. Mike Weber, the you know one of the running backs for Ohio State, kind of dirtied him in a way and yeah. on Twitter and said you know basically put a put a, a gif or a gif whatever you want to call yeah. it on there and it was the SpongeBob with the eye sticking out. You know the, how they make those jokes, but nonetheless, <laughs> yeah. kind of took a shot back, a shot that I can't really explain without showing it to you. But you <laughs> yeah, get what I'm saying in person, yeah. Nonetheless. There's bad blood, and, and you know, Karan Higdon promised to win. Let's go for over uh, 125 and see if you can actually make that happen. And, that, and that's a really good point because, you know, Michigan, that's kind of been their whole thing. I mean, under Jim Harbaugh, it's we can either run you over or we can't 
you know, do anything is what it seems to be. Because even, I mean, it's like frustrating almost sometimes when it's a third and four and they're still trying to run the ball at the fullback to get a first down or whatever it might be. That's the kind of stuff I don't want to see in this game. Like, I mean, I know you got to run the ball and everything, but let Shea Patterson have some ability to be able to throw the ball to and get out and actually do things. I want to see Michigan run the ball well in this game, and they have to to win. That's how they win games. But, man, I trust Shea Patterson. I know he made a mistake last week for the first time in, in a while, but that, I mean, since the Maryland game was the first time he threw an interception. Don't get me wrong, it was a bad pass. They, they can run for 125 yards and not have that be the focal point of their offense. That, I, mean, yeah, that's, exactly, I think that's yeah. what we're both trying to say here is yeah. – you you're if you're if you're gonna pass the ball well you're gonna run the ball well also it opens everything I mean, it, up opens yeah, up your whole playbook yeah every yeah passing opens up running running opens up passing you get the point but nonetheless I don't think that people are gonna look back on this game and be like oh my gosh Michigan ran for 250 yards that that's not gonna happen I think it's gonna have to be no, a passing yeah, win that, I mean it might I mean it, if it's gonna it have did, to be not that I say they go for 250 but. This is a weak Ohio State defense, or it's not supposed to be as good. I mean, like, again, you know what? You and me, I could, I could talk about this for hours, Evan, and we could break down every statistic. But when it's this game, dude, you really never know what's actually going to happen on the field. But from what we're seeing on paper, I mean, seriously, it's just like if Michigan can put together a complete game, which, you know, most teams have been able to do in a way against Ohio State. They played them. Ohio State themselves hasn't put together a complete game. I, I couldn't even tell you the last time they did this year. I mean, I mean, even, what, even against what, Penn State, what, what counts as a complete? I mean, I would say TCU maybe forty twenty eight. They look pretty good. Yeah, like they like they look good overall. Like, but I just you know they a complete game is something I consider. You dominated on defense. You dominated on offense. Like Michigan did for three straight weeks. Penn State the only one by one. Against, so I wouldn't even give them that. No, they didn't. I'm, that's what I'm telling you. I think I thought it was like before then. Like maybe was, TCU. Maybe that. Maybe that real good game against Rutgers where they won fifty two to three. That's a that's a that's, that's a com- war right there, but, man. But that's what I'm saying. Like, okay, I know it's against Rutgers, but it's a complete game, right? They dominated them on. Defense, not to say you have to hold everybody to three to get a dominant performance. Or but Tulane, Tulane. I mean, forty-nine to six. That's a powerhouse Tulane team right there. <laughs> so they haven't. Well, the point we're getting at is they haven't really beat somebody this year where they completely. Like every game, Urban Meyer sitting there talking to the media, and he's like, "Well, I'm concerned about this now because that's what happens." And I Michigan mean, State's win, I get it. It was a twenty-point win, but that was ugly. Yeah, that it was, was just yeah, ugly. Well, game. And the most of the game was close. Just you know, Michigan State has done what they've done all year. They can't score points, so it. Nevertheless, Michigan looks like they should win this game. But look at how many years ago was it when Devin Gardner was their quarterback? Michigan had zero business being in that game, and they took him down to a two-point conversion that they missed to win the game. Yeah, they should have won it if they would have kicked it. And they would have kicked the extra point and kept going. I mean, we don't need going. to get into that. But nevertheless, that was a game, and that happened. That's what this rivalry is all about. It happens time and time again when the one team isn't supposed to be in it. So what happens if that happened, if the situation happens again this year? What do you think? I I mean, I, I, just just looking at it from it's, a, not, it's not, interesting. not even a Michigan Ohio State thing, more of just like a rivalry in general type thing. Do I like, think Michigan's going to lose this game? No, I think they're finally going to get the win. But if it gets down to the wire for one team or the other, I don't care who it is. Do you go for two or do you kick it to send it to OT? What do you think? Just based off of, of what you think about this whole controversy, because well, it's, it's always up in the air. Let's see what I think about this. Oh gosh, Maryland last week went for two. Did they get it? No. Wide open receiver just missed them. But they had no right to beat Ohio State. Okay, okay. No, I'm just saying went for two. Win it. Carolina Panthers against the Detroit Lions this past weekend went for two. Did they get it? No, they did not get it. What's the third example I'm trying to think of right now? Because I saw another one the other day where the team tried to go for two yeah, to yeah, win the game. Somebody else. In in my opinion. It never works, but man. But Maryland, I get why you do that. Okay, but see, this is the same thought for Michigan years ago, too, is that there are nobody, why don't you go for it? Dude, listen to me. I know it's a 50-50 chance. You could win the game in that play. You want to know what else could happen? You could get a fumble over the quarterback's head in the next overtime that goes so far behind his head that they're out of field goal range. 
They could miss a field goal if they try to take it just because they simply have to get points. All that stuff could still happen, and your offense could easily make a play on the next drive to get a touchdown. To me, it's asinine to go for I, – I hate the going for two. I hate it. I hate the Bo Schembechler, we're going for two. I hate it. Play the game. Let the game play out and win it. And I, I know, I know you're looking at me like you got that different opinion. No, like no, you're saying the man has spoken. And, and I, I was just looking for what you said. I, I think oh, it's a situational thing, man. A lot of people have a different opinion than me. A lot of people think that you should go for two. No, what mean, do you have to lose? No, it's it's. And I get it. I understand that concept, but I think it's a really risky play when you can win in so many other ways. The rest of the game. I think it's. I think it depends on what team it is. I think, like I said, Maryland. Dude, go for two. That I mean, that, no, that that is like that is like you are digging in the candy sack and you pull out the king size, right? <laughs> sure. Like the fact that you're even in that game is impressive yeah, enough, but, I think. I mean, what got you there the whole time? Just hanging with them and they have the lead in the game. I don't know, man. When I look at it, I think next overtime they get an interception, and it could be the same exact result. They get the ball back, and all they got to do is put three on the board. But it could be a missed field goal. It could be a blocked extra point. It could be any of those things that adds up to better odds to me. Than going for a 50-50 chance. Facts. What do you think, Brent? Go for <laughs> it or kick it? What do you think? Go for it or kick the extra point? See, there we go. He's, he's saying the safe, kick. man. Take all the right, safe route. That's, safe. All, that's all you can see. Exactly. You're still going to be in the game. There's going to be more ball game. I mean, you're giving Brent yourself Gunn. a better chance than one more play. You're giving yourself more plays, which could lead to something better. So that's my opinion on it. Consistency, baby. Like we did just talk about. The Carolina Panthers decided to go for two, and I, I know that they're. I think their kicker missed an extra point early in the game. I, I believe it was Gano. He did. He missed an extra point. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, sure. He missed an extra point. Why the hell don't you put an NFL kicker back out there to tie up the game? That's their problem. Never I mean, to, look at how many times the Packers did it when they played the Lions. They, I, they put kept, them back out kept there kicking, and out kept there kicking. And, the, and it's not like you know, Bears it's not the a, same way when the, you know they, their kicker sucked it up against the Lions, but kept putting them back out there. Yeah, and it's it, again, it's you know, it's like. Just that last play, I feel like there's so much pressure. And Cam Newton, wide open. I mean, he sat all day in the pocket, sat there, sat there, sat there. Tries to throw a wide open receiver over the middle, just throws it over his head. No chance to catch it. That's what you're risking when you do that, and it costs him the game. And that, and you know, the Lions walk out with a win that they definitely needed. <laughs> if they're, you know, because I mean, obviously they're still playing for the playoffs. They're still trying to win games, and they're four and six, which I don't think they'll get there, obviously. But nevertheless, that technically still keeps them in it, keeps them with a better record. They're they're winning games to get back in a race. You know, maybe for a wild card game or something like that. So you have to win these games to be able to do it. You and me talked about the four game stretch mm-hmm. they had coming up. We thought they might win one game. Maybe this will be the only one they win. But now all of a sudden you got the Bears this weekend. If you beat the Bears, you could be looking at, I'm not, don't say or don't put in my mouth that I'm saying it's going to happen because, God, I don't think it's going to happen. But they could, you know, put themselves back in a position at five and six to play for something for the end of the year because their schedule does lighten up after these games. I mean, does it really, though? Uh, the Rams, no, but I mean. The Rams chalk it up as a loss. Yeah, it's a loss. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know, but then I, I no, but this is how it's gonna this is what's gonna happen. All right, I'm just gonna tell you straight up what's gonna go down. Sure. So I'm gonna beat tell the me. Bears, and everyone's gonna lose their shit because the Lions beat the Bears. They split. Oh my gosh, they're in the conversation. They're gonna lose their Rams, and no one's gonna care because it was I, I, obviously that was gonna happen and, and whatever. But then they're gonna go in. They're gonna play the Cardinals and Bills, and they're gonna beat both those back to back wins. You win. You know they're they're gonna beat the Panthers, beat the Bears, beat the Cardinals. Beat the Bills, so you know that that's a good four out of the last five that they're gonna win, right? 
They're going to go into the Vikings and, and the Packers, and they're going to lose both those games. And that's going to be the season. It's going to be over. That's what's going to happen. Is they're going to they're going to give their fans hope, and they're going to blow it. That's just what happens, dude. That's Matthew Stafford. That's 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 how it works. That's For just sure. how Detroit Lions football works. There's no other way to put it. I, I think yeah, they'll make it interesting, but. It, it's just not not ever gonna you know. That's what they tend to do, to and this always seems to be the point of the year where like they win games and start to make things interesting again. You're like, okay, are they actually gonna come back and like make the playoffs this year? They win meaningless games, exactly. I mean, they, well, and not that, here we go. This is what frustrates me even more. And I think what, you know it was the main thing of conversation I wanted to have today was when you look at the Lions' schedule. I mean, they beat the Patriots, good team. Beat the Packers. Yeah, they're only an average team right now. Not that good, but they're Aaron Rodgers. That's a team the Lions have been able to get by. They beat the Dolphins. That's technically a good team. They're around the 500 mark. And they beat the Panthers, who were 6-3 and three going into the game. Like, why can they beat those teams, but then they lose to the Jets, the 49ers? I mean, the Vikings aren't that great. I mean, like, why can't they beat the teams that they're supposed to beat? And why do they, why, you know, why do they beat all the teams that they aren't? You know, Andy, you ask me questions that I just don't know how to answer. <laughs> I don't think anybody has answered to that question. It's it's just like I mean, doesn't it just is like it playing down to your off? competition? I mean, is it playing down to your competition and then playing, you know, that much better, almost like it's a rivalry type game, like we're talking about with Michigan and Ohio State? Is that kind of yeah. how it is to put the bigger teams? What what is it? I I don't know. Yeah, and I don't but know. It's, if it's just it's, it's frustrating. It is like you look at it and you're like, man, I just want to like see them actually be good this year. Maybe they actually have a chance, and it's like. They beat the teams in the schedule, and you came in looking at the season to start of the year. You're just like, yep, they're not going to have enough. Stafford's not going to have enough gas in this game. They don't have enough talent to beat a team like this simply. And then they do beat those teams. They lose the team. I'm like, oh, my gosh. Like, if they play the Jets or 49ers again, I'm going to give the Lions the win. I mean, think about it. If they just win those two games, they're 6-4. and four. I mean, those are those are games that they should not have lost I mean, at all. The Lions have more talent, especially at that time of the year when they were fully healthy. The Lions have so much more talent than both those teams. Yeah, and I think really the biggest question right now is what do the Lions do about on Johnson? I mean, oh, he, didn't, he, he hasn't been practicing this week so far, and he, it's, he it's should a knee not. injury. Absolutely, he hasn't been practicing. So what do they do? I mean, you have Theo Reddick, you have Legarrette Blunt, and you have Zach Zenner. Is it a running back by committee kind of thing? Just take Theo, it series by series. I think Theo will get a majority of the stuff. Back, like, he's out of the back. He, he catches passes though, exactly. Yeah, yeah and, but, he, and he's been their guy that's been kind of playing out of the slot. So, yeah, I would say Blunt. I mean, really, you're going to put someone back there to be the running back, and he's a proven running back in the, in the league. Use Zenner as more of a power guy. Yeah, I mean, maybe yeah. to change the pace, but really you want to know what's going to happen this weekend, if you want my honest opinion. It's going to be throw, 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 punt. That's what's going to be every time because that's all they're going to have. This is going to be the, the Lions offense of old that doesn't have a running back. I mean, they're just going to throw the ball almost every play. I guarantee it. That's what they, that's what they did in the past, and they didn't have a running back and everything else. Like they're, The running game is going to be taken out again for Detroit this weekend, and I— I think it's going to hurt them in this game against the Bears because the Bears right now are soaring, man. I mean, I think the the test was against the Vikings on Sunday night. It was a team that, you know, if they would have won the game, all of a sudden they're right back towards the top of the division. And they just, they looked like the better team. I mean, they just straight up, and they looked like the better team against the Lions. I mean, they the Bears are a good team. It's time to stop taking them as a joke. I think they're 7-3 and three, if I'm correct on that. Mm-hmm. And I don't see the Lions getting by them this Thanksgiving. I know they've had a good record on Thanksgiving lately, but... Without Carryon Johnson, who is absolutely the key to that offense, man. If they have him, he's getting a touchdown almost per game. He's a guy that gets them yards, changes pace. Like if they don't have him, who's been one of their better players this year? I mean, Kenny Galladay's great. I mean, don't get me wrong, the guy's been phenomenal for them, and they have still some more talent around him. I think Theo's a good receiver. You know, T.J. Jones isn't bad. Marvin Jones, if he's healthy, isn't good, but he still isn't practicing, so he probably won't play. 
It's. I think it's gonna be ugly. I, I don't think they're gonna win this game. I think the Lions get the win. I do. Mm. I I think the Lions take this one. I mean, at home, Thanksgiving against the Bears. The vibes. But I think it's gonna be tough. I don't think. I don't think it's gonna be made easy. I think. It's going to be another one of your comeback story, Detroit line, Matthew Stafford type game type games. I think Mitch Trubisky is is going to be a lot to handle. You tell you me know? he wants that turkey after the game. He wants that celebratory turkey on the field. Oh yeah, yeah, that's what he wants. Matt Stafford's going to get that. It'll be that comeback classic line. <laughs> that's my prediction. But I think you know Trubisky makes it interesting. So that, oh, that's, oh, without a question. If that's Lions, my thought. If Lions win this game, I mean it's going to be close. If they if they blow them out, Evan, I. I don't know. I might I might have some issues because then I then I really don't know what I'm watching anymore. If they blow out the Bears with the top of the division, would you buy me Blaze Pizza? If yeah. the Lions bloom out, yeah, I'd probably I'd probably buy Blaze. Hmm. If they beat him by more than twenty points, I buy a Blaze. Really? That's not gonna happen. So yeah, I'm that confident. You don't even have to bet me anything back. That's what I was thinking about, but then I was like, there's nothing really to bet <laughs> back in this situation because it's okay. It's not gonna happen. Uh, yeah. Otherwise, I'd say it's a close game. Then you probably wouldn't take the bet, would you? Yeah. No. No. Exactly. Well, here's something that you uh, could kind of bet on, I guess. is It's pretty interesting right now with the team in Hockey Town um, in Detroit. I, I mean, I listen, I, I'm, I've been a Red Wings fan, you know, since I, since I was younger. I like watching them play and everything else. And coming in the year, it was kind of just like, eh, you know, same, same old, same old, not enough talent, whatever. And they start the year and it looked like, God, they weren't even going to win a game this year. I mean, they were so bad. You know, lost. I think it was you know the first like six or seven games of the season, um, but recently they just decided they want to make things more respectable and they want to be a better team again. And now when you look at them, they've won five of their last six games, including a win just the other night against the Devils in overtime. And, and in three of those games they won were in, or four of them were in shootouts or overtime. This young team, even when things are close and gritty, and you're probably you know last year this is where the Red Wings would falter, man. They would. Gets the end of the game, even if they make it to overtime or anything like that, they would just lose. They they could they didn't have the closing pieces. They have enough now. Guys like Anthony Mantha from Grand Rapids, Dylan Larkin, those guys are coming up and making big plays. I mean, just the other night it was Mantha to Larkin for a game winner against you know against the Devils, and it's seeing those pieces come together quicker than I think a lot of people thought it was going to be. So they've won this many games, but then we look over at the Pistons, the team you know Detroit basketball here. We talked about the losing streak they have where they lost five games in a row, but then you go down now, and all of a sudden it's like, wait, the Pistons are winning games again? Mm-hmm. I mean, they've won four of their last five. All of a sudden they're eight and six. Like, what's what's going on with these Detroit teams, and why are they playing so well right now? I think it's a little bit different for the Pistons. I think the Pistons have have the pieces. Yeah. You know, I don't think the Wings have the I mean, you have to remember, Andy, you know, you just mentioned the Wings kind of on this hot streak, but that's fresh off losing nine of their last ten before that. To open the year was horrible. <laughs> that, and that's kind of my point is, is I, I, I don't know. I mean, I think it's a little bit more Pistons than it is Red Wings right now. I think, yeah, granted, the Wings are playing good hockey, and that's nice to finally see. And it's it's really been a while since they have. But the Pistons are a team that I think is more, you know, they're, they're more ready to win now if that mm-hmm. makes sense, or to continuously win now and to have that consistency just because of who they have. I mean, you look down at their roster. I mean, Reggie Jackson, Reggie Bullock, Stanley Johnson, Blake Griffin, Andre Drummond, Ish Smith, you know, th- those guys back there, even Zaza Pachulia. They have guys that are going to be able to produce now. I think the Wings are more of like a, like a, like a two-year, three-year-from-now type project. Pistons, 
yeah, they're not going to win anything. I'm not saying they're going to go and they're going to win the Eastern Conference. They're going to win the NBA NBA Finals. They're, they're not going to just because the way the NBA works and the teams are stacked now. But I think they're more. They're gonna, I think the Pistons have a better ability to win now, make the playoffs. You know, maybe win a playoff series. Than, than the Wings. I, I still don't think the Wings are, are there yet. I think it's just kind of a, a hot streak right now, and that's about it. Yeah, don't get me wrong. I mean, hockey is definitely, like, more, you know, teams are actually more competitive. Things are closer. Like, I mean, if the Red Wings were to get to a, a playoff series by, you know, whatever reason, I don't think they will this year. I still think they're a little bit off of that, too. But if they were to make it, yeah, sure, they they probably got a shot to win because, I mean, in hockey, it's so much different. I mean, anybody can win. Yeah, anybody anybody can win a game. So if the Red Wings actually keep this streak, now that they're going to play this well the rest of the year, I'm not saying that. I mean, they've won like, I mean, it's it's been it's been five of their last six, but then like, you know, seven of the, or seven of the last nine and stuff. They've just been playing really good hockey, but they're not going to keep that up. But if they were to make the playoffs, I think that they would have the better shot to actually win a series just because I think the, you know, the that NBA, makes sense. The NBA is a little bit tougher, but. The Pistons are definitely. The, I mean, like, I think it goes without question. They got to be the team you would think of make the playoffs. You know, Andre Drum or Andre Drummond is leading them in rebounds like you would expect. Blake Griffin's leading them in points per game. Mm-hmm. The two big guys for them are doing their job, getting it done right now, and they're you know putting themselves back in a, in a playoff race and everything else. It's only three games down right now from Milwaukee in the top of that division for the Central. So, you know, they're they're a good team. I think the Pistons have the pieces and they figured it out, but they got to stop going these streaks for me. If they're if they're actually gonna you know, when I know basketball is, you know, a game of rides and everything during the game, but usually you see a team be pretty consistent. If they're actually good. I think that, you know, the Pistons have the ability to be better than a 500 team. If they actually keep playing this way as a team and going off of their best players. So you want more consistency, basically. Yeah, I don't. Out of, you, out of I both mean, teams, though, right? In a way. Yeah, I mean, you can't just. Well, yeah, I mean, obviously, I mean, obviously, the Red Wings can't afford to lose another nine game or eight games in a row, or whatever the hell it was, to open the season. Yeah, you can't do that ever. But no, I mean, the Pistons won. What was that? Four in a row, lost five, five in, a in a row, and have won four of their last five. Like you can't do that all year and expect to. I mean, you can maybe still make the playoffs because teams around 500 do make the playoffs in the NBA or even with a losing record. They get back-to-back against Houston coming up. I think that's huge for the Pistons. Yeah, for sure. Seeing how they play against the Rockets, seeing how they try to contain you know, some of those stars that, that play over there and how they're going to manage that. And then they, you know, that translates directly into Phoenix and, and New York and Chicago. So you know, three games that aren't as tough, and then you go right into Golden State, Oklahoma City, Milwaukee, Philadelphia, New Orleans, Philadelphia, Charlotte, Boston, Milwaukee, and then you finally get a break with Minnesota. So just looking at that list, I mean, you you can afford to split with Houston, but then you got to win those next three because you got a tough, tough stretch coming up. Once you know they invite Golden State to uh, to Little Caesars on December first, that's going to be a, a real tough stretch, really from the first all the way down to to the 17th. I mean, those are all going to be really difficult games for them to win. It doesn't get easier for the Pistons, for the Wings. I mean, they just have to get things done. We mentioned it already. Hockey is one of those games where you can win on any given night, but mm-hmm. it's just about having those streaks that are actually in your direction. But they, they have, you know, Boston Bruins and then Washington Capitals, Buffalo, Columbus, St. Louis, and then Boston again coming up. And that's from the, the November 21st. Tougher stretch. Yeah, it is. There's, there, yeah, it's a tough stretch. Any any stretch like that is is going to be tough. Anytime that you face Boston, you know, in, in a span of, I'm of really what, interested. like a week and a half, that's it's tough. I'm really interested for that Boston game, too, because that's like, you know, what can these young guys do against a bunch of guys that are veterans and have been around the league a lot longer in Boston? I mean, that's, that's where you kind of really start to see, are these guys taking it to the next level? Like, if they can beat Boston, you know, tomorrow night, I might start. I might, they I can might beat come, anybody. I, I might. I might. <laughs> I, I'm not that, but I might come back to you and I might say this team actually might be for real. If they, if they can control that game and get a win, even an overtime win, anything, 
I'll be impressed. So any win, we'll see. We'll see what happens there. But I, I overall, I think we both agree the Pistons should probably be the better team this year. But no matter what, I like it right now. Is bringing a lot. It brings more attention to our state. I mean, a lot of people have been paying attention to the Wings in hockey because of how well they've been playing after their horrible start. And the Pistons. I mean, if they can just keep playing the way they are. It overall is just better, and it gives us something to watch here in Michigan. Looking straight in, up, yeah. I mean, looking into the Atlantic Division of the Eastern Conference in the NHL, Wings. I mean, they're still second to last in that, ten points back of Toronto in first place. So it's going to be a tough grind, but it's early in the season, and I think that's the most important thing for for the Wings. Is it's so early. Same for the Pistons. It's early too. You, there's a lot that you can do with this. There's there's trade deadlines, and there's opportunities to make moves, and there's guys that you can bring up and there's guys that you can send down there's so much that can still happen I think you know kind of just in a waiting period if that makes sense no yeah for sure I mean that's it's definitely something you gotta look at but I mean the one thing you you always gotta think about with the wings is like you only gotta make that eighth spot yeah so I mean their points they're actually not that far back from getting in the playoffs I mean they're never Mm -hmm. gonna get the first god if they they got the first we'd be talking about the most historic Red Wings season in history but no that's my point though is, is you look at in the Eastern Conference though I mean Toronto, I mean, Toronto's in first place at the Eastern Conference, and the Wings are only 10 points back. Like, 10 points at this point in the season is not a lot of ground to make up. No, no, I mean, yeah. And that's the point, is is there still is a lot of time for this team to make a serious move. I mean, if they're playing this well now, who knows? That That's kind of my point. No, yeah, for sure. And, and definitely you could, like, you know, eventually see them, you know, making a better run at that. But, you know, the top eight teams make the playoffs. So if you're just looking for them to make the playoffs, I think, I think if the Red Wings were to make the playoffs this year, it's That'd a be success. a huge success. Oh, They're yeah. only three games back of the Capitals, mm-hmm. or three points back of the Capitals. I mean, it's a cl- it's a cluster. I mean, they, you got you got Philadelphia, Ottawa, but that's Carolina. That, that's how it is, though. It's yeah, going to be a cluster it's, until it's always like that till the end. I mean, any any Red Wings fan knows that from when they were on the streak of mm-hmm. making the playoffs for what was it, 25, 26 straight years. Yeah. It was the last three years of it were barely making it as the seventh or eighth seed, and yeah, every it was like year last was watching two games. Yeah, so you know what, what, what the cluster's to. like if you paid attention to Red Wings hockey any of those years, but. Yeah, we'll see what happens. Is that you know what the fact that we're even talking about it right now that it's a possibility? It's that, surprising. That's, that's but a cool. good. That's a good thing for me. I, I like that. But I'm with it. We'll finish off with our stud and duds here. Evan, uh, who's your stud this week? Yeah, so my stud this week is well, Drew Brees. Uh, <laughs> he's he's excellent. Great quarterback. Um, has been for for a hell of a long time. 18th season in the league, coming from Purdue. Yeah, I get it. He's had great games, but this one really stood out to me. Um, the way that he was able to to lead his Saints over the Eagles, you know, 48-7, completed 73% of his passes. You know, he threw for for a ton of yards. It had four touchdowns to no interceptions. It was 363 yards to be exact in that one, and it was a 48-7 game. It was a blowout. I think he took care of business, and that's what you expect from Drew Brees. But he delivered this week, and that's why he's my stud. My uh, my stud this week is gonna be Aaron Donald from the the Rams, and you might think it's weird that I'm picking a defensive player and arguably the best you know football game I think of the year overall in any mm-hmm. league. It doesn't really matter where you're at. That game was phenomenal last night. If you didn't watch it or didn't turn it on, if you heard about what was going on, I think you're crazy. But it was a great game. But Aaron Donald, I mean, forced a fumble, gets his team a touchdown that they needed. I mean, it changed a lot of momentum. I mean that you know Kansas City did kind of wipe it out with scoring right before halftime. But in the second half, Kansas City's putting together a big drive, you know, kind of starting to look like, okay, maybe they could take control of this game a little bit. And Aaron Donald gets a hands-to-face call, and he didn't agree with it. Obviously, he's pretty frustrated with it. He's just trying to get, you know, get to the backfield, get to the guy. You know what? I, if I were Patrick Mahomes, I think he would agree with me now. You probably just wish that flag wasn't even thrown on him because you 
piss mm-hmm. off the best, arguably the best defensive player in the league, not even just the best defensive lineman. Your life sucks. He came back there and he got to him. And like, I was joking around with you earlier. I mean, I seriously think the dude has a 125 pound arm. And when that's coming down on you and it's hitting you, you're probably going to fumble. And he forced another fumble, got another turnover. Aaron Donald did a phenomenal job last night as the Rams were eventually able to get that job done um, later in the game as Patrick Mahomes threw an interception to kind of seal the deal for him. So defense actually made a lot of plays to win that game for him last night. Evan, who's your dud? <laughs> Central Michigan chip was. Oh, geez. <laughs> I knew that was coming. <laughs> USA Today, every week they re-rank the 130 teams in the, the football Bowl subdivision, FBS Division One. That's the top tier. That's 130 teams total. And where did they come in, Andy? Do you know? Guess. Dead last. Guess. Guess. Dead last. Nah. It's the fact that you even guessed dead last is just so. That's such. That's so shameful. Where do you put them at? Well, well how many teams was it out of again? 130. Sorry, I can't blank on you. 128. 129. Oh, wow. It was one yep. off. Wow. So UConn has the bottom spot, but CMU comes well, okay, in. Okay, last was, a, was 129. one off, too. I mean, jeez. <laughs> yeah, but I, I wanted to make a guess again for some fun. But nonetheless, I mean, God, it sucks, man. I mean, th- there, are only, there are only five one-loss teams in the country. Yep. CMU is one of them. That's terrible, dude. I mean, I, I mean... You guys can, you know, listen to this podcast and rip on us and say all we do is talk about whatever and all the good teams and say we just hate on Central Michigan. But what else? I'm bringing it to you right now. What else do you want us to do? CMU right now. What else do you want us to do? They're one in ten. I mean, there's nothing else we can talk about but say that they suck and it's that's where it's at right now. I mean, don't get me wrong. We might have some potential basketball teams and everything down here down the road, but right now it's the end of the football year and that's your folks and on it. Let me just tell you who's down there with them. South Alabama. Western Kentucky, Rutgers, San Jose State, Texas, El Paso, Rice. Those are the teams that are right above CMU, and then obviously UConn coming in one spot below them at the very last spot in that re-ranked top 30 by USA Today Sports. It's uh, it's atrocious. John Manamago's got a job to do. Andy, give me something else. Give me something else. I'm done uh, with this. Well, my dud stays in the state. Um, It's going to be Michigan State football in general, and not just for what they did this weekend. This is a part of the dud, is the fact that they lost a 9-6 shootout against Nebraska this past week. I mean, shootout. USA Today Sports has them at 47. Oh, man. (laughs) Kidding. (laughs) Nevertheless, they were were, uh, a pretty bad team and just a disappointment, and not just because I picked them to win the Big Ten this year. In general, if you're a Michigan State fan and you're listening to this, I think you got to be agreeing with me. What, I mean, that's a crappy job. A crappy job this year. And, and Mark D'Antonio got not enough out of these guys this year, in my opinion. I think that even with the quarterback injuries, and you can try to blame it on that and whatever else. This team had so much talent returning. And I, and I don't really, you know, you can you know call me call us a Michigan slappy, whatever it is, because we talk about them all the time. That's because they're winning these games and Michigan State's playing like this. Like, I would... I would be glad to talk about them if they were a better team and more up towards it, but they've been an absolute dud this year because they should have won more games. They should have been a better team. They overall have more talent coming back than anyone else in this conference, and they were close to winning it last year and getting there. They were just edged by Ohio State, and they just didn't get the job done this year, and it's kind of sad because they seem like they should have been a team that was a lot better, and I think that this is honestly – I mean, you can look at the 3-9 and year, okay? You can talk about Mark D'Antonio and how bad he was that year. Yeah, that's, that's easily his worst season as a coach, technically by record. But this year, to me, is even more disappointing that 3-9 and nine season because they were expected to be a better team than they were. 
and they just they flopped this year. That to be three and nine, they weren't really supposed to be anything. No, right? no, they but this year they're supposed to win the Big Ten. It was kind of like, like, what are we gonna be? You yeah. know, we we trust Mark D'Antonio to get us to six and six or seven and five. I know I was not the only person that picked Michigan State to win my Big Ten. I, I picked them. Yeah, exactly. Or to, or to be close to the top. Like I know I was not the only one to do that. Complete disappointment. Complete flop. And it's I, I think you got to be questioning your coach, not to the point where you're gonna fire him or get rid of him. I know Mark D'Antonio is a god there. I'm just saying that. Look at it a little bit. Look at him a little bit and challenge him a little bit and say, what are you going to come back with us for next year? Because this, I mean, it was, it was piss poor this year, piss poor. He hasn't been that good. I Really, over the past few years? Yeah, it's, it's been a struggle. Really it's been a struggle been recently. You're, you're not wrong. I mean, like I said, they were close last year, but 3-9. and nine, They didn't win the Big Ten the year before that, and now a pretty crappy year this year. What's going on at Michigan State? We don't know, but we'll find out coming up in the next few years. But nevertheless, thank you guys for listening. We'll be back for a couple more only here in the semester. Um, to wrap it up, but for Avin, I'm Andy. Thanks for listening. I was just so far from here, focused on my own way, with never looking back.